This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Bladder cancer. That was the disease that took my mom, Sandy, four years ago. Now, cancer runs on the maternal side of my family. There is lots of it. But bladder cancer would have been the last type of cancer my mom would have expected to get. She was not a candidate. And in fact, bladder cancer is much less common among women than men. Among men, it's the fifth most common type of cancer in Canada, and yet it ranks 20th on the list of funding. Just to provide full disclosure, I have been a cancer research advocate since 2006 and last year turned my attention to raise awareness and funds for bladder cancer in memory of mom. In fact, for the second year in a row, I am heading up a team for the Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk in Toronto on September 25th. There is more information and a link to donate, if you would consider, on our website at zoomerradio.ca. Cancer survivor Ferg Devins is also on on the board of directors for Bladder Cancer Canada, and he joins us now on the phone from Kenora. Ferg, nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Still good morning from Kenora. We're in a central time zone, Jane. Right. <laughs> Ontario is a big province. That's right. You are walking in the Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk in Kenora. I know pretty much everyone in Kenora is helping you out up there. Well, it's our third year here in Kenora. We have 20 walks, actually, across the country, coast to coast, with hundreds of volunteers and thousands of walkers. Uh, We're looking forward to September. Uh, The date varies somewhat across the country, but in Toronto, of course, it is Sunday, September 25th, and we have a new walk this year in Mississauga as well. So uh, we're really excited to uh, expand our footprint in uh, in the GTA. Ferg, you're cancer-free, right? Last checkup, the, my favorite two words, all clear. Yeah, I believe it. Tell us about your story. Well, I, it was interesting. I, um, I had, had kind of a chronic back problem uh, most of my life, and I had this different twinge in my back. And so I went to my GP, and uh, he suggested I have an ultrasound, and nothing showed up on the ultrasound. So I then went to my acupuncturist, who had uh, worked me over for a number of years and given me relief on, on back pain. And she was actually a Chinese doctor in her homeland, and she said, you've got to go back to your doctor because this is not muscle tension. This is something internal. So I went back to my GP, and uh, good doctor that he is, he said, well, you know, at your age, you've never had a CT scan. Why don't we send you for a CT scan? And so results of the CT scan showed something in the bladder. So, of course, the next step was off to Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center, where I met with a urologist and uh, was in for a, a cystoscopy, which is to put a camera up into the bladder. And sure enough, they found uh, two tumors. And uh, I had my surgery in March of 2014, uh, followed up by 18 treatments uh, with a solution called BCG. And uh, my last checkup and CT scan was in uh, June. And those favorite words uh, were ringing in the hallways of all clear. So uh, you, can, you can beat this thing. Did you have the symptom of seeing red in your urine? I did not. Now, it's, and as you know, we have a public service announcement uh, 
that we run uh, across the country is see red see your doctor and it is one of the uh, very predominant indicators of issues with bladder and an indicator of bladder cancer i did not and in fact um, not up until some of the treatments with bcg had i experienced uh, blood in my urine but certainly for your listeners if uh, if you see red in your urine, you want to see your doctor, because it can certainly be an early sign of bladder cancer. Ferg, did you lose your bladder? I did not. I still have my bladder, and, uh, and it's working just fine. I can say that I, uh, I'm back to what one would call as normal. So uh, uh, this thing can be beaten. And my bladder cancer was non-muscle invasive. So really the two tumors I had were on the inner lining of the bladder, if you will, Jane, and and that's one uh, type of bladder cancer. The other is, uh, we call that the pussycat. The other one we call the tiger with claws. Mm. And that's when the tumors actually start to invade the wall of the bladder. Uh, and in severe cases can actually go through the bladder and into other organs. Right. And that's what happened to my mom. Uh, had gone into the lining of the bladder, the muscle lining, had her bladder removed. But by then, microscopic bits of the cancer had metastasized to her lungs and to other areas of her body. So this is the And with women, too, and we've talked about this before uh, when we've addressed the symptoms of bladder cancer, Women have to be extra vigilant, don't they, when they see their doctor, if they do see blood in their urine. They really have to push to go see a urologist. Really have to push. And we're finding that certainly GPs across the country are, are, are seeing the see red, see your doctor. And I think that we're doing a great job on raising that awareness and, and having patients when they see their doctor, if they've got symptoms of this sort, to really push for, uh, for those tests. For bladder cancer. Now we should point out too, if the bladder, if the cancer has not metastasized and your bladder is removed, you can live a normal life. You're just living a normal life without a bladder. Explain what that would be like. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I have not experienced that, but there's a number of people that sit around the table with us at the Bladder Cancer Canada Board. And a number of them uh, have had bladders removed, and uh, you can either have bladder rebuilt um, from, I believe it's a small intestine, or you have a bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people go on and live uh, very normal lives uh, after having a bladder removed. Uh, so, you know, this, this, this fight can be won. That's right. And you can, you can pretty much do everything you do in your normal life with a bladder without one, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You'll, you'll hear great testimonials of people that have survived bladder cancer and had their bladder removed that, uh, that they can go on to lead uh, very normal lives. In fact, one of our founders uh, of Bladder Cancer Canada, David Gutman, he had his bladder removed. And uh, he tells that story. And uh, we have a number of uh, patient uh, support teams that you know, there to help people that were facing bladder cancer to understand that they can get through this. And there is life, certainly, after dealing with bladder cancer. In fact, we've had David Gutman on this very program in the same time slot, and he has told his story and I'm sure is helping a lot of people understand the dynamics of bladder cancer. Ferg Devon's on the line with us, bladder cancer survivor, Yahoo, 416-360-0740, if you'd like to offer your comments or if you have a question for Ferg. How will funding change the prognosis for people who get bladder cancer? Because we're really trying to raise a lot of money for this disease. Well, you know, this is one struggle, certainly, of the past 40 years. One of the primary um, treatments has been BCG, but there are a number of treatments that are currently in test, and we're hopeful that uh, with increased funding, with increased awareness and pressure that uh, 
that we'll see more breakthroughs with respect to the treatment of bladder cancer. It's one of the highest cost cancers to treat because of the high reoccurrence of bladder cancer. And, and the actual treatment has not changed in many decades. That's correct. So we're, we're really, you know, keeping fingers crossed that uh, some of these new breakthroughs in treatment will, uh, will, will see light of day and, and get through uh, clinical trials and that we may have, you know, greater opportunity to treat bladder cancer. should also ask you, Ferg, how, why has bladder cancer become such an underfunded cancer? Why did it take so long to get the awareness of this particular cancer happening uh, when we've heard so much about other cancers for many years? Well, I, I think really it, it, uh, it's up to the advocacy, uh, much like you're doing and that we're doing at Bladder Cancer Canada. You know, I think that kind of below-the-belt cancer uh, is something that perhaps people were quite uncomfortable about speaking about uh, over the years. But, you know, a good example of, of, of an organization that's done very well in raising awareness and funding would be Prostate. So, you know, we really look forward to, you know, the coming years where we continue to raise awareness, where we continue to have people speaking out, where people are more comfortable about speaking of the situations with bladder cancer. And with that awareness and further engagement, I, I'm, I'm sure that we'll continue to make great strides. I'm sure we will, too. And, uh, I, you know, I'm so proud to be associated with you folks at Bladder Cancer Canada, and particularly so because almost all of the money that is raised through the walks across the country goes to fight bladder cancer. Very small portion of it goes to administration. That's correct. And in fact, Jane, our, our walk in September is, is a base of 80% of our funding. So it's a, it's a critical time for us. We certainly encourage people to, to join us at bccwalk.ca. That's bccwalk.ca. Sign up, register, volunteer, and, and donate. And, and on that note, people do have limited amounts of money that they set aside for charitable contributions. Some people say, you know, $100 a year I'm going to give to various charities, and they give it out in $10 increments. Some people are fortunate enough to be able to have $1,000 at their disposal to give to charities. Why consider bladder cancer research this year? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's the fourth most prevalent cancer for men, uh, 12th amongst women. And, you know, it, it's similar to when you buy a new car and all of a sudden it seems, it seems like everybody's driving the same car you have. I'm constantly running into people who know a family member or a relative or a neighbor or friend that is facing bladder cancer. So, so I would really encourage people to take a portion of their charitable giving this year and and lend us a hand, lend us some support, and help us to continue to raise awareness, continue to provide support for patients and caregivers, and ultimately to fund more research in this fight against bladder cancer. Yeah, let's talk about that part, funding to help people, uh, caregivers, uh, helping family members. What specifically does that mean? So at bladdercancercanada.org, we have uh, discussion forums where uh, patient survivors uh, within our organization, help counsel people. Um, we also have helplines. Uh, I know right here in Kenora, uh, a friend of mine is now facing bladder cancer and will be facing a removal of their bladder. And I've been able to uh, hook them up with uh, one of our volunteers uh, to have a conversation. So it's really about supporting our organization with our volunteers and support materials. We have uh, two manuals that have been created now, posted and produced on bladdercancercanada.org. 
So they're, they're wonderful resource materials to help patients and caregivers understand what they're facing. Ferg, you are so good at raising funds. And when I say so good, I mean tens of thousands of dollars for uh, sponsorships for you to walk in the Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk in Kenora. So how about doing a little pitch for me here with our listeners for the Toronto Bladder Cancer Awareness Walk? Well, we'd sure like to see people get out and support Jane. I mean, the, doing this in the memory of your mom, Jane, is just such a wonderful tribute to, uh, to her life, and uh, it's wonderful that you're participating. So come on, Toronto. Let's get out there and support Jane Brown for that bladder cancer walk, bccwalk.ca. Uh, click on Toronto. Click on Jane Brown. Let's get out there and show her how we can support her. <laughs> and even easier than that, uh, zoomerradio.ca. There is a link on our website. And, you know, I just got to say, Ferg, that our Zoomer Radio listeners are very generous. Last year, in my inaugural year, raised uh, $5,000 with my teammates, thanks to the generosity of our listeners here. So people do come out and they do support a good cause, and especially an underfunded cancer like bladder cancer. Well, I always say, Jane, you know, all you have to do is ask. Yeah. And sometimes it's pretty surprising to see how generous people are. They just need to be asked. So we'll get the ask out there. And uh, we really appreciate all the support in Toronto and right across the country for, uh, for bladder cancer. Ferg Devins, thank you so much for your time and for coming on and uh, providing us with so much great information. Thank you, Jane. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BladderCancerCA. You're a good man. Okay, we'll talk, to you. we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much, Jane. That brings us to the end of this edition with uh, Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, Jane for Libby. And also a big thank you to producer Michelle Saunders, technical producer Tim Spreen. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.